Hi, my name is Mary Cruz, and welcome to I'm So Glad You Asked. Every woman has a story, and I want to hear yours. I am so happy to introduce my guest for today's episode, my dear friend, Patty Volina Parera. Did I get it right? <laughs> you are yes. so Spanish. <laughs> Patty and I met in 2011 when our souls collided working for the same organization. We quickly realized our connection. We were both Aries, both Italian, and both ridiculously funny. Patty is an accomplished vocalist with the voice of an angel and is currently working on an album of original music. She is my soul sister and a wonderful friend. I just wished we lived closer. Mm. Patty, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mary. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, well, you were one of the first people when I started this that I, I really did want you on. And I think it's because for years you and I had been talking about doing our own podcast. Yes. Um, which could still and will happen. <laughs> Knowing you, it will happen. We're, we're very young. Yeah. So <laughs> things are just going to happen. Um, but I wanted to open the floor to you to introduce yourself if there's anything else you want to say. And then share the story that shaped your life. I know we all have so many stories that shapes our lives, mm -hmm. but this in particular, you know, what really shaped you? Yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, I wanted to add to what Mary said about how we met because we uh, actually met at work. And I remember that day so clearly because I was just sitting at my desk, just working away. And suddenly my desk phone rings and it's an internal call and I pick it up <laughs> and I hear this really cheerful voice. Hi, I'm Barry. I'm kind of new. I hear you're really hilarious. So am I. We should be friends. And it was like instant love. <laughs> love it. Could you imagine? Love it for sound. <laughs> Could you imagine if like... I was a man and we did that on like a dating app. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like adorably creepy. That's like, it why. wasn't very adorably creepy. Yeah. I have that tendency, <laughs> but I'm okay. I, I've come to like grow, I've grown into it, if that makes any sense. No, I'm, I'm so glad. I always tell Mary, like, she's the most amazing person. Aww. I'm so blessed to have you in my life. And so thanks for having me here Aww. today. Betty, thanks for being here. I love you to pieces. Um, and even though... We are like one of those memes you see on Instagram, kind of like, you know, memes. I always want to say this. Memes are like the new forwards. Remember when you used to get forwards? Oh, my God. Totally. <laughs> like, and it, well, you'd have to pass it on to 25 people yes. or like M Hail Mary or Mother Mary would like show her face. But <laughs> totally. But like, we're like that meme of like, you know, you're a good friend when you don't have to see each other and That's you so only true. talk once a year. I know. I actually have not physically laid eyes on you like in the same space since December when you popped by my house oh my to God, give me a Christmas a gift. Yes. It's been almost a year. Okay. But it doesn't feel that way because our, I mean, you yeah. know, we communicate, but yeah, Mary does live a million miles away from I me. I really do. I live a million miles away from everybody. I know. But every time I come here, I'm like, this is where I want to live. So oh my God, I would, I would love that if that's <laughs> what you decide, please. Be amazing. <laughs> I'll be on that tomorrow. I'll send you some Zillow listings. Um, oh, but if the floor is yours, <clears throat> yes. um, however you want to start, like this is your story. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. So the funny thing is, is when you think about a story that's shaped your life, you think about like, oh, you know, when I was 12 years old, you know, mm -hmm. I had a crush on Bobby or, you know, something that happens when you're younger and it kind of like sets your path and it mm. shapes your life. But for me, the shaping of my life didn't really happen. I mean, of course, it's happened all along the way with little milestones and things that have happened in my life. But my big shaping of my life happened to me when I was around 50 years old. Okay. And so it kind of came late in life. And it all started with um, 
The beginning of the decline of my 30-year relationship. Um, I was married for 21 years and um, together um, for a total of 30 years with my ex-husband. Um, and so, you know, for a couple of years before that, you know, things started to kind of decline. And as that was happening, I was beginning to witness the decline of my mother and mm -hmm. um, of her uh, mental status. Um, and at the time we didn't know really what was going on with her. Um, do you mind giving a little background on your mother? Just Cause I just, say, I just, I loved your, <laughs> I love your mother's stories, I know. but just the way you imitate your mom is yes. just amazing. You're so good because this is exactly what okay. I was going to do. Um, I wanted just to give a brief history on my mom. So my mom, um, is from Chile, from Santiago, Chile, South America. And my father's actually from Buenos Aires, um, Argentina. And they actually both immigrated to the U.S. Um, in the early 20s, mid 20s, and they met in the U.S. Okay. My dad met my mom, um, and uh, it was like in some nightclub in L.A. Okay, and she was really cool. She was like Miss Chile, you know. She was like in one of those like local like cheesy beauty pageants. Yes. Yeah, and so she was off the stage, and my dad spotted her, you know, from across the room, and he went up to her and he said, "I'm going to marry you," <laughs> and she was like, "Ah." And she just like laughed in his face. And three months later, they were married. And nine months after that, I came along. So um, it was their cute little South American um, immigrant love story. And I grew up in a house where I learned to speak Spanish first. And I was surrounded by accents and the South American ways. Um, so, you know, I was the first one born in the U.S. and the okay. whole family. So my mom was one of those people like, you know, we talk about being funny. Oh, yeah. She was one of those people that was hilarious, but didn't know she was hilarious. And that's what made her even more hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, you know, her accent. And <laughs> I think I may have told you the story um, about sarcasm. Did I ever tell you that story? Ooh, I, I don't know, but I'd love to hear it. Okay. Well, this just gives you a flavor of my mom. Okay. So, um, um, you know, I grew up kind of feeling a little bit like misunderstood sense of humor wise, because my parents were like a little... I don't know, slapsticky. I don't know yeah. how to explain it. Oh, I but, know what you mean. Right. So exactly my humor was like, they thought I was really funny and they got me and supported me and all my antics and my theater and my singing and everything. But I kind of just felt like my humor was like at a different yeah. level or something than theirs. And so one day I was trying to explain this to my mom and I said, God, mom, I just feel like nobody in this family gets me. And she said, I body, that's not true. What are you talking about? And I said, I don't know. I just, I, I just feel like, I mean, it's my sense of humor. Like nobody gets me. And she goes, I, I beg, give me an example. And I said, okay, like, for example, I love sarcasm. And then she goes, you can't see me right now, but she puts her hand on her chin and she goes, mm. and you can see her really thinking and like really wanting to connect with me. And she goes, I body, I, I, I don't know that comedian. <laughs> I actually don't think I've heard that story. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. And I just, so, I want to backtrack one more time because um, I, in the beginning, I talked about how we were both Italian. Yes. But it is a fact that. Oh, my dad. Yes. Uh, um, I don't want to say most, but a good population of Argentina. Yes. Are Italian. Very Hence true. why. Okay. I just wanted to. Absolutely. So my dad's family came from Italy. Okay. And um, so his whole family was Italian and he grew up in Buenos Aires. Cool. Argentina. And. Coincidentally, um, my ex-husband was also from Buenos Aires, um, Argentina, and okay. my brother's um, ex-wife was from Santiago, Chile. So we ended up kind of like repeating history in this weird <laughs> way, even though we grew up in the U.S. So 
it was a really cool story. But, you know, fast forward all these years later, yeah. you know, I was married. I'd been with my husband at the time for, for many years. We met when I, we were very young. How old were you? I was 21. He was 23. Wow. He was brand new in the country. So once okay. again, surrounded by accents, you know, yeah. always with the, the Spanish people. And, um, you know, we were together for many years before we got married and we didn't have our daughter until probably like, you know, 12 years after we'd been together. And you did, you were not from Chicago. You No, I met him um, in Oregon where he had come to be with uh, some little, a little family that he had there. Okay. And we met at a party. He didn't speak any English and we connected mm -hmm. and, you know, we had a long and beautiful relationship Absolutely. for many, many years. Yeah. Um, and it's that sense of familiarity and, you know, just like being from the same country as my dad and having those same oh, like yeah. la Latino, you know, type of vibe and all that kind of what stuff. What brought you to Chicago? I don't think I've ever asked you this. Oh yeah. So my parents, you know, I went to um, high school and stuff in Oregon and my dad got a job offer that brought him to Chicago. Okay. And I didn't come with my parents. Um, I stayed cause I was older by then. I think I was like 24 or 25. My mom moved with my dad okay. and I ended up moving in with my then boyfriend who became my husband. And, um, and then I was doing a lot of theater and musicals and stuff like that. And my parents were like, this is a, there's a great theater scene here. And we were both, um, adventurous and we're, we had nothing to tie us down. So we're like, let's go to Chicago. So that's what we did. And, you know, we built our lives here and I'm so glad, I'm so glad that you came to Chicago. Yes. And it was nice because my parents were here and I don't know, like, I don't want to be stereotyping, but you know, I was just very tight with my parents. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I lived with them. I moved away for a couple of years, you know, after high school and, um, all that stuff, but I ended up moving back in with them and didn't move out again until I was like 25, you know? So just very, very tight with, I like my, that. with my parents. So anyway, we came here, um, you know, lived our lives, got married, had a daughter. And I would say it was when my daughter was probably, um, my dad passed away from lung cancer when my daughter was 10 years old. Oh. And so I don't have any other family here other yeah. than at the time, my husband and my parents yeah. and my daughter, everyone else is in South America. Yeah. So I, and my brother was in another country as well. Okay. So I pretty much had to handle all of that by myself with mm -hmm. my dad, taking care of him. With a young, with a young child. A young child, you know, working, my own family, you know, the whole son sandwich generation type of oh, thing. Yeah. Right. So, absolutely. Yeah. And so I didn't have anyone to, so, you know, my dad, um, by the time he was diagnosed from the time he was diagnosed to the time he died, it was only nine months. So, oh my gosh. Um, but it was, you know, he was in a lot of pain. And so when he died, my parents had been together for 42 years. And I will say, you know, my mom always worked and she was independent and all of that. But it wasn't until he died mm -hmm. that we realized, and I think my mom realized kind of like how dependent she mm. was on him, not yeah. necessarily financially, but like emotionally, like she never had taken her car to the car wash, for example, you know, like all those things, he really spoiled her. Yeah. And it was just like, she suddenly had to grow up yep. or something, you yeah. know? And it was during that time after my dad died, I moved my mom out of the condo okay. that they had been living in together. And was it I, close to where you lived? Um, yeah, I was like 10 minutes away, but oh. because we had no family here, I remember there was many nights when my dad, you know, was still alive he would like fall on the floor yeah. um, and I'd have to like drive there like at one in the morning, yeah. take care of that, then go to work the yeah. next day, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, so I wanted my mom in a smaller place that was more affordable. Yeah. And so I moved her into one of those like, um, senior apartment kind of places, you know, not like assisted living, but like one of those like rent controlled, you know, type of places. She was such a brat about it. She fought me every step of the way. The South American Latina in me wanted to bring my mom to live with me. Yeah. But my then husband was like, absolutely not. Like, we're going to lose all of our privacy. You know, it's, that's just not what I want. And it's hard because it's what I wanted, but he didn't want it. And I was married. So yeah. Oh, what do you do? I know. Absolutely. What do you do? What do you do? Exactly. So we moved my mom into a small apartment and I tried to cozify it for her, you know, make it really cute. It was about the same distance, but during this time, Mary, I started noticing that, um, she would, like she lost her cell phone all the time or she how, would, how old was she? Let me see. It was shortly after my dad died. My dad was only 72. So my mom was probably about 69 or 70. Okay. So not that old, not that old at all. Yeah. But she, she was always very scatterbrained. Okay. Like she never had a good sense of direction, no matter how many times she went somewhere. I, I am lost. And I was always her GPS. She called me from wherever she was to ask me, body, I'm lost. Where am I? Mom, where where am I? I can't see where you are. (laughs) Where am I? Describe it to me. Uh, There's a tree over there. There's some buildings. They're pretty tall. Okay, mom, I still have no idea where you are. I hope someone hears this and makes a sitcom off of this. (laughs) I really do. But she literally would say that to me. Like, where am I? (laughs) I... I don't know, mom. So, and you know, as the years went on, she would do that more and more often. And I found myself getting really impatient with her. Like she would call me at work and she'd be really panicked because she didn't know, but where am I? You know, and she couldn't describe where she was. And I just attributed it to her being scatterbrained because she always was. And she never had a good sense of direction. Right. There was a time, you know how in Chicago they used to have like, um, I don't even know if they have it anymore. Like the people at the tolls, like they took oh your money. Oh my gosh. Yes. I don't think they do. Okay. But well, I, oh, absolutely. Remember those days? Yeah. Well, my mom was driving and she went through a toll booth and she tried to give the, the guy in the booth money. And the man said, ma'am, no. And she, my mom was like, what are you talking about? And she kept trying to pay him. And it turned out she had pulled over into some like high security like no clearance or whatever clearance area oh my gosh. into like some, I don't know, like airport government thing or something. And she thought it was a toll booth and she was like arguing with the guy and she had just gotten lost and confused, you know? So we laughed about it. Right. Not knowing what was really going on. So oh, yeah, as the years went by, she was living in her little apartment I would come over and I started noticing that she would be wearing clothes that didn't make sense. Okay. Um, like, like, she, like what? Like she'd be wearing like these long flowing like evening pants mm-hmm. um, that you're supposed to wear with like heels, you know, to go out at night with like a sweatshirt with like, it's just stuff that d- didn't, didn't make sense. Make yeah. sense. Like, why are you wearing that at home? And I just thought, oh, she hasn't done her laundry. <laughs> like she doesn't yeah. you know, have anything to wear. And I remember when I got the pit in my stomach because I went to her house and I opened the microwave and there was a frozen pizza in there with the plastic still on it. And I said, mom, why is this in here? And she looked confused. And I said, why is there a frozen pizza in your microwave? And at that point it was all 
Oh, I'm sure. Like she had microwaved it. Yeah. And the plastic was completely covering the pizza. And I just got this pit in my stomach because I'm like, there's something going on with her. Yeah. You know, there's something going on with her. And I just got really scared. And I once again approached my then husband and I just said, I don't think she can live by herself anymore. Right. And he's like, she's not moving in with us. And I just felt really in a horrible place because I felt like I was like failing my mother, but also failing in some way my my then husband. And then I was angry with him because I felt like he was failing me because I needed him to let her come live with us. Absolutely. Because I had no family and no money to put her in a facility, you know? Um, so the first thing I did was take her to the doctor. And at that point she had started to um, kind of like not be aware of her, um, like she would urinate. Oh, she so she didn't have control. Yeah. Okay. And, or sometimes even like the other thing. Oh, and okay. I remember one time I took her to the doctor and she would also get really dizzy okay. sometimes. Like she would get up and get like, you would see her, oh, she looked drunk, you know, like she would lose balance. I mean, she just had all these things happening at once. And one night she called me like at three in the morning, crying her eyes out. And she said, buddy, buddy, everything is spinning. The whole room is going around, you know? And I'm sorry, but I know, but I'm just like, (laughs) I know, but I mean, I'm not laughing. Okay. But I'm laughing. It's okay to laugh. Absolutely. I'm laughing because she just sounded very, you know, but, dramatic but because that's was my mother but at the same time I was like she's has vertigo right now and so I had to call 911 while she stayed on the phone with me and um I heard them coming in like trying to get in and she was like in a secured building and she couldn't let them in it was just like this nightmare and then I heard my mom starting to like retch like she was literally like throwing up on the other side because she was spinning so much yes and the people were like ma'am ma'am you need to calm down and they were just it just felt really cold and i felt very sad because i wasn't there you with weren't her there. yeah and i imagine how like terrified she must have been you know and i ended up driving to the er to meet the ambulance and everything and she was there she was spinning forever like she kept you know, vomiting and everything. Oh and long story short, they admitted her for one night and then they diagnosed her with Meniere's disease, which oh, do you know never, what that no, is? I've never heard of it. It's like a middle ear disease where it completely, like I think it fills with fluid and okay. you can get like ringing in your ears and you get these random attacks of vertigo. Mm. And so that was yet another thing now that I had to worry about yeah. because she could just get vertigo at any time. Yep. So it did happen. They gave her seasick pills. Okay. And they said, you need to take this whenever you start feeling something coming on. But they sent her to live by herself at home. And I'm like, I, you can't, I don't know what to do. I can't bring her here. I can't put her in a place. I can't live with her. I, you know, she had a small little apartment. So it was just this limbo of not knowing what to do for her and still not fully knowing what was going on with her brain at the time. And so um, I took her to the doctor and they ran a bunch of tests on her. It was a psychologist or a psychiatrist. They spent like three hours with her. Okay. And they sent me away. And then when I came back to get her, they sent her away. And she said to me, your, your mother has dementia. Oh, wow. Um, she needs to get an MRI. And they, you know, scanned her brain and everything. And she definitely had dementia. And it was kind of like she was declining pretty quickly. 
And so I'm like, what can we do? And they said, there's nothing you can do. You know, she probably shouldn't be living by herself or she should at least have someone helping her. So here we are in this place again. Yeah. You know, and my mother's behavior started to get a little erratic. Like I, I was so stressed out because I was her only Only, person. Yep. And so I would have to take time off of work to take her to the doctor or, you know, I'd bring her to the house and then she would like lose control of her bowels, for yeah. example, because she'd get like dizzy and sick to her stomach. And it was just, just, just getting worse. And as this was happening, the foundation of my marriage was also getting more shaky. Yeah. And I just felt like I had no firm ground to stand on. You know, I was trying so hard to be strong for my mom. My daughter was starting to see changes in her grandmother and yes. my daughter started to kind of pull away from her. Mm. She, I think she was afraid of yeah. her a little bit. Like she's not, you know, Nona's not the same, yeah. you know? And so I just felt really kind of alone in it. You know, I didn't really have anyone else <laughs> to help me. Oh. And so, um, yeah, so um, I, I, I was taking- I'm just amazed that you were functioning. And, and I know now you look back and you just do, you have to do it. It's so true. You, you just, just have to do it. And like you're, you in survi- you're in survival mode, but- 100%. And Mary, as you know- I mean, none of this sounds funny, but I mean, I tried to find humor. Oh, I know you did. And everything, um, you know, for example, like there was one night where she was at my house and on top of that, my mom was a diabetic. Okay. This is what makes oh, it crazy. Oh, she was right. an insulin dependent diabetic. Tell someone who has to take a shot at a certain hour that they need to, I mean, like she has to remember to take her shot. shot. Oh my she gosh. can't remember, like she's forgetting things at this point, you know, it still wasn't like, like still wasn't that bad but she was not like a narrow she you couldn't rely on her to take you know to take her meds she had like a whole pillbox of stuff that she had to take for this and for that for blood pressure for diabetes well one night she was at my house and my mom she she loved her her comida you know she loved to eat (laughs) and she has to take a shot before she eats and she wouldn't do it she became really stubborn and so i handed her her shot thing and i said mom before you eat that you need to take your insulin and she picked up the bag and she threw it at me from across the room. Oh and she goes, am I allowed to cuss? You can, oh, <laughs> you can like, say whatever you leave want. Leave me alone, you bitch. <laughs> well, my mom called me a, a bitch. A bitch. So, I mean, I kind of laughed, but it was sad. I know, but, but it's I only also, something, I mean, at that point, what can you do? I mean, she like flung, it was so, it was so like telenovela, you know, like she just flung. Did you have a fainting couch and did you faint onto your couch? Did you have a, did you have a nightgown on or not a nightgown? Oh yeah, a nightgown or an evening gown. It was just like, so, you know, like Spanish soap opera, but it was sad because I'm like, this isn't my mother. You know, she was always like very like sweet, you know, and she started like becoming kind of mean sometimes. And one time I was driving her to the doctor and she tried to get out of the car while I was driving because she didn't want to go to the doctor. And the car was like moving and part of me just wanted to push her out, you know, <laughs> understand. Like I, how do I say, I mean, I understand cause I had a sick dad and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's heartbreaking on one hand to see your parents decline and you become a parent, but at the other end, it's, um, you're trying so hard to keep things together for everybody, including yourself. I understand. Right. A hundred percent. And a lot of what was happening with my mom was not her fault. You know, no, not at I all. mean, some of it, I would just feel resentful about, you know, like if she wouldn't eat this, then she wouldn't need her insulin. And, but 
it was just me being angry at the situation. So uh, things just kept getting worse, Mary. Well, like, I have a question. Do you think yeah. that like it, when your dad was alive, what, do you think she was in the early stages and he almost masked it or he just didn't tell anybody or did he not know, you think? I don't think he knew. And I think my mom, so it was after she was diagnosed that I started reading about it. And dementia is like the slow brewing thing that can like percolate in your brain for like, two decades. Oh my gosh. And so you don't, and you don't see the signs right away. Okay. So, um, but you know, again, my mom was always very scatterbrained and she always got lost and she never could remember words, you know, like she'd be like to my dad, she would say, I, Atilio, can you give me that thing that's on that thing for the thing? And my dad totally knew what she meant because he had been with her for 42 years, you know? But so when she forgot things, we're just like, oh, it's her, Okay, you know? But it's, it's, there was a trip that she was supposed to go and see her sisters in South America. Okay. And it was the day that I was supposed to go and pick her up to take her to the airport. And I had talked to her the night before. Are you packed? You know, you're ready to go. And uh, yeah, Jess, buddy, just leave me alone, Jess. And I get there that morning to pick her up. No suitcase packed. My mom not dressed. She's on the couch watching TV. Mm. And she forgot that she was going on this trip and there was an expensive ticket. Like I had to pack for her. I had to get her, hustle her out the door. And part of me is like, how am I putting my mother on a plane to South America when she can't even remember to pack her suitcase? You know, I felt really kind of guilty in a way, but I also thought to myself, like this may be the last time she ever sees her sisters, right? you know? Absolutely. And so I put her on that plane and um, I just told the airport people that she needs, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? A chaperone, but just because oh, she has trouble walking, right. and so they wheelchaired her and made sure she was fine. But I didn't say she can't remember shit because I was afraid they wouldn't let her get on the plane. <laughs> and when she got to Chile, she got lost in the airport, and oh, no. my aunts, you know, they had to get security to go find my mom. Oh, my and so we all knew this was the last time she was ever going to take a trip. And she miraculously made it back, and okay, I picked great. her up and. From there, it was just like down, Uh downhill. She became obsessed with me. She started calling me like 30 times a day. She would call me at night, like two, three in the morning. Was Uh, she still in her apartment? Yes. At this point, she was still in her her apartment. And I, she like wasn't realizing what time it was. Uh I bought her the special clock that tells you it it's dawn, you know, yeah. it's morning, it's afternoon. Like, don't call your daughter, <laughs> don't bitch. <call> <laughs> you know, like everyone's sleeping. Like they actually had a message like that. Like everyone's sleeping right now. It was like that yeah. kind of clock and it would tell you, take your medication. Um, but my mom had this amazing knack for finding buttons and things on stuff to like turn things off or features that we never oh knew gosh. existed. Oh, gosh. Like I would have to go to her house all the time to reset her TV or cause she didn't know how to do any of those things. Or she would touch something that would create this entire new like technology that we didn't even know existed. So it was like years of that, Mary. And oh, finally my then husband and I were, we were getting to, as all of this was accelerating with my mom, my ex and I were starting to decline, decline, decline. And it was horrible. And what we, do you think that was the beginning of the decline with him? What was the beginning of yeah. it? Yeah. Um, 
You know, it's, if you look back now, or maybe you don't it's know. It's so hard to say because, you know, we were together for such a long time and we met, we were so, so young. And even though we didn't get married until nine years after we met, I just think that what happened was that we were 21 and 23 mm-hmm. for all of our relationship. And somehow oh, okay. I think we got stuck in, in a more immature mode mm-hmm. and we never, for example, thought to sit down and talk about like, how many kids do you want? You know, what's, what is your views on this? What are our values on this? Right. It was just kind of like this, we just propelled and just kept propelling forward without having these conversations that we needed to have. Yeah. Cause who thinks about that right. at 21 or 23, right. you know? And I think what kept us together was this deep sense of familiarity because of our family histories. Yep. You know, the language, the culture, we shared that. And that's that's a very strong tie. And I was his sense of home here in the U.S. And he was my sense of another country here in the U.S., if that oh, makes sense. That makes to- yeah, that makes total sense. But, you know, after we had our daughter and then you all that stuff happens, the parenting, you know, we realized we had a lot of different philosophies on that. Did you? And, okay. You know, and I just think we just hurt each other in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And... Not meaning to, but we did. And all of that accumulates. Oh, and as, you know, we're realizing the end of that, my, I'm realizing that my mother is to a point where she um, cannot be by herself anymore. And so it was extremely painful. That's another podcast when we split up and he yeah. moved out. And it was... What was it? Ver- I don't know how to say this, but like, because... You guys had been together so long and everything had been not, I don't know if I'm hearing this correctly, but like so much was unspoken in your relationship. Was Mm -hmm. it such a verbal breakup? Do you know what I mean when I say that? Like, No, that's such a good question, Mary, because I don't even know how to explain it to you. It's not like we sat down like two adults and said, I think this isn't working. You know, we're going to, you keep this, I'll keep that. Like, this is how we're going to divide. And this is what we're going to do. Our daughter at that point was a senior in high school. So there was that, that sense of like, she's going to be 18 now. I think this mm-hmm. was his mentality. Like, I don't need to be like, we don't need to be together, you know, anymore for her sake. Basically oh, wow. okay. we never sat down and like divided things up. And the way that it ended was just absolutely traumatizing. And yeah. there was really no closure. Is there ever, I don't know. I but, don't think, I don't know. You closure know, is such a funny, closure is such a funny word as is her forgiveness, which is a definitely a definite, a second podcast. Cause yeah. I don't know. I don't think you can ever close that. I think it can, um, I think it, the, I think it can heal in a lot of ways and you can have, um, anger can dissipate a little bit, but I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I believe in closure. You know, I'm glad that you say that because it makes me feel better <laughs> to know oh, that maybe I there mean, never will be closure. Well, it was a very important relationship in your life. And at a time when, I mean, when you're 21, your brain is not even fully formed. No, it is not. You know, so we were ingrained in each other and it, there wasn't really even a decision. It was just something that happened. And so it kind of just feels like it's something that's out of your control, but it really isn't. It's hard yeah. to explain, but what was happening for me at the time was this dual sense of loss, the loss of the foundation of, you know, someone that I had been with since I was 21 years old. You know, we built all these memories. We built a life together. We had a, you know, a daughter together. Um, His family was my family. My family was his family. Although he had stopped kind of showing that, you know, in the Mm -hmm. last couple of years, I don't know really what was going on for him, why he couldn't step up for me at least. 
and that was like a big thing too. That was like a very painful thing was that he saw how much I was struggling with what was happening with my mom and he didn't make it easier for me. No. And I understand that he wanted to protect his own sanity and probably his home was whatever for him, his oasis. And he thought like, if she comes here, we'll never have peace again. But for me, I had no peace, period. No, Because my mom was like a toddler living by herself. Yeah. And there was no money to put her anywhere. And so I had actually hired a babysitter for her for like the last year that she was in her apartment. Okay. It was someone that came three days a week, but only for a few hours a day. That was not nearly enough. No, not, no. But she came and did groceries for her and would paint her nails and would like prep meal prep for her. But my mom still didn't even know, like if you left a container in the refrigerator, she couldn't figure out how to microwave. Like she's forgotten how to do right, this. There right. was no way she should have been living I know by I herself know, at I this know. point. So Mary, when my relationship ended, the day he walked out, it was totally like a soap opera. It was so dramatic because there was no drama. There was no yelling. There was no tears. But the final day that he was in our house, he stood in the doorway. I have a sliding glass door in the kitchen that was going out to the back, which led to our yes, garage. Yes, yes, yes. I, okay. I remember this. Yes. So it's pouring rain. He opens the sliding glass door and he turns around and he looks at me and he has a suitcase in his hand because <sighs> it was the final of his things that he was taking. And he said something very practical to me. It was something about, don't forget about the insurance. Oh my gosh. That was the last thing he said to me. And he shut the sliding glass door and he left. And I will tell you that for six months leading up to that moment, I cried myself to sleep every oh, single Daddy. night because I knew it was over and you do all this grieving, you know, before you actually lose the person. And, um, Oh, absolutely. Right. So I will tell you, it was the weirdest thing because he said something very practical, almost cold, you know, like he was an insurance agent, right? (laughs) Not someone who'd been in my life for 30 years that I had a daughter with that. We had all these memories with. That was your family. My family. He walked out the door and he left. And I remember, leaning on my kitchen counter and just going <sighs> you like exhaled it was like this almost like a relief in a <sighs> way it was horrible but it was no. weird because it was just like the question mark was no longer in the air no not at it all. it had been answered it was done he left and then i immediately went into solution mode i gotta take care of my mom so i don't mean to say something funny but i want no, to please say do so would you say then the, the name of your soap opera is Don't Forget Your Insurance? <laughs> oh my God, that's really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that like, is that like your memoir? Don't forget, like, don't forget your insurance. Don't insur- forget the insurance. Or if you want to say it in Spanish. Ah, see. Which I can't, but I can ask my phone to, but you're here. <laughs> no te olvides el seguro. Oh, see, that's so much better. That, that's so much better. <laughs> Yeah, that's really good, Mary. I love it. Thank but you. it was in that moment that I was I realized I had this relief because I had this freedom all of a sudden oh. to do whatever the fuck I needed to do for my mom, mom in that moment, right? It's like one worry's gone. One worry's yes. gone. Yes. Yeah. And it was a horrible worry. It was it was like this hole was left in me and I mean, I will say I'm in this beautiful relationship now and have been now for for 3 years. I love this man. Oh my gosh, has it been 3 years already? Yeah. Um, he's, he's a wonderful man. Um, and he's been really patient with me and sweet with me. Cause I didn't, you know, when I met him, I was still 
I mean, I, I think you don't ever stop grieving the end of a 30 year no. relationship, especially one that had such impact and significance, you know, when I was so young. So it's just a part. Of, and I say this in a good way. It's, it's always a part of you. It it's always, like, but you learn to coexist with that. Well, and you just learn to accept that maybe that's always going to be the it, case. It is, and that's not a bad thing. There's going to be times that I'll be sad and I'll grieve it because it was my life for such a long time. Long. Okay. Long I'm gonna send time. you. Do you know who Jen Hatmaker is? Yes. And I know her story. Okay. This makes me think of Jen Hatmaker. Yes, and her she's story. got her cute man now. Yes. And it's yes. Great. she talks about it all the time, just the grief and Yes, it's a horrible the grief is like you know grief very well, Mary. So grief is such Hello, a- hello darkness, right. my old friend. Hello, hello darkness, my old friend. friend. Right. <laughs> is grief is such a tricky bitch, you know? And just when you think she's like your BFF, she like turns around and like talks about you behind your back. She's like such a bitch. Wait, can I say something that maybe we might need to cut out? What? Do you think grief is dementia? Um, why would we need to cut that out? Because I grief, love that she forgets everything. <laughs> I know. I love that okay. actually. I love that. That she beautiful. forgets. She forgets like why she was there in the first place. Yes. Oh my. Wait, God. That's the name of. That's, that's the name. That's the name of your. That's the name of like your telenovela. Yes. Grief is dementia. It is. It is. Oh my God. That is so true, Mary, because that's such a beautiful way of looking at it. And we won't. I just, I always, I always want to be very mindful because I, you know, I, um, I have not, my grandmother had Alzheimer's when I was very little. Mm -hmm. So I can't say I have not experienced dementia. I do know sickness and I know that it's hard, you know, and like, it's hard to see your parents hopeless and helpless and not themselves. Right. Because it's very confusing. It's super confusing. And I knew I had a long road ahead of me. And this is actually where the fun begins. Okay. Oh, I love fun. (laughs) Welcome fun. (laughs) It's been fun for a few years watching my mom's decline and um, finding like, okay, this is disgusting listeners, but sometimes I'd go over to her apartment and there would be like, Poop. Yeah, yeah. Poop right. on the floor. Right. Well, because no, she didn't realize it was coming out of her. Yeah. And if she did, she forgot. She so forgot. I would have to clean up her poop. <laughs> I just want to cheers your mom. I do. I mean, Toast. What's your mom's name? Maria Eugenia. Oh, what a beautiful name. Yeah, but you, you could call her Maria. Most people did. Oh, Although she was like, uh, my name is Maria Eugenia. Marugenia. Yeah. Well, cheer- I'm going to do this now. Cheers, cheers to Marugenia. Yeah, I love that. As an angel looking down at us, hopefully laughing. Totally. Well, let me tell you, she laughed at herself. So Mary, in that moment, I realized I'm bringing my mom home. Okay. Good, so good, good, good. I, um, not too soon after I had to wait for her lease to expire. Um, actually they let me out a couple months early because they knew. Well, my, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like a senior place. Yeah. I mean, it's that place it, again, it wasn't assisted living. It was a regular apartment building, but I can't tell you how many times I'd be visiting my mom and there'd be like ambulances and, or I'd come in into the lobby, you know, and I always talk to all the old people sitting there. Like did. I was always making friends with them. <laughs> I loved you. Probably. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think in assisted living, I read like a statistic that there's like a really high percentage of STDs on the rise. Oh my God. And as assisted living. So at least your mom did not have a new STD. No, but I bet you she wished she did because she was, <laughs> she was horny to the end. <laughs> she was like, he's handsome. <laughs> She's got on Girl. Her, her evening pants. <laughs> totally. That's what <laughs> she totally she and it kind of made me sad because, you know, like she would say, like, ah, oh, I wish I had a boyfriend. Oh. You know, like she wanted one final mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? I, yes. Mm-mm. So <laughs> So Mary, I made the decision to move her in with me. Like it was a display, like you were just it in was moment. so instant. Okay. I'm like, she's common. So good, 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 good. we had had um 
what became our, what was our bedroom, my ex is in my bedroom. I, um, that was dismantled and, um, he took a bunch of furniture with him. Here's the other thing we, like, we didn't even talk about, like I said, you take this, I take that. He just unilaterally decided what he was taking. Oh, wow. And when he left, there was all these like empty spaces yeah. and it was like just this weirdest feeling. So girl, I Facebook marketed that shit. I know you did. I was like on Facebook marketplace, <laughs> filling up my house, like redecorating, like totally like, you know, I don't have to ask anybody for nope. their opinion. Nope. So I, you know, tried the best that I could. And I turned that room mm. into what was going to be my mom's room. Okay. And when I did all this without telling her what I was doing, I talked to the apartment okay. place. I said, she can't live by herself, you right, know? Right, right, right. Girl, so I packed up all her stuff. One of my very dear oh friends, my Kathy. You're amazing. Kathy, oh, yes, I've heard of Kathy. Yes, Kathy. Kathy, love her so much. You know much. who you are. <laughs> you know who you are, girl. She took, she gave up a precious weekend to come to my mom's house with me, my, my dementia mom's house where there's poop and clutter and pizzas in the microwave. It's like a frat house. It's like, <laughs> it was such a hot mess. And I knew I was kind of embarrassed, but I know I was like, this yeah. is my dear friend. She's not going to judge me. She's not going to judge my mom. Also it's, it, and I, it is life, Patty. I think the more people talk about this, Truly, truly, I think the more people talk about things like this, the more you will have someone come up to be like, oh my gosh, the same thing happened to me. I know. I love that, right? You know, it is a, it's it, very, it is common. I know we don't talk about it because I understand the embarrassment behind it, but it's common. Yes. I, yeah, it's a universal thing and it's the pain that, you know, we all share and the humor. So yeah. she comes over and my mom is just sitting there like the godfather on her throne, like watching us <laughs> while we we're packing things. I had explained to her, you're moving in with me. Buddy, I don't want to leave with you. We're, we're going to kill each other. <laughs> right. Like she still knew. <laughs> she she knew what was up. She knew what was up. And so I'm like, mom, I made, I'm going to make your room so cozy. It's going to be so much better for you. You know, and I just, whatever, I was always convinced her, but she was very resistant and I don't blame her. Like she's watching two no. people pack up her things. things. And she already had to see me do that when my dad died. She was very resistant then. And I just feel like for old people, as their life goes on, like things get stripped away from it's, them. People are, take away their agency. And that's A hundred percent. And I felt really bad about it. But what made me really sad is how my mom was holding on to like little bits and pieces of what I thought was junk. Yeah. But for her, like that was her life. That was her life. Absolutely. And so we had to kind of be respectful about it. And Kathy was like very delicately wrapping like pieces of shit, you know, not actual shit, but right, like right, right. clutter things you'd find at a garage sale, like in newspaper, you know, like out of respect for my mom and putting it in a box. But we had a special box where like this box ain't coming with us, yeah, you know? Yeah. But so my mom wouldn't think that we were just throwing her stuff away. And then- my mom fell asleep and Kathy and I went to town. <laughs> it was like this bionic, like there was like all this like chaotic music playing like, we're like running around, like grabbing as much stuff as we could. You put and- on like Jock Jams 96. Do you remember <laughs> that? Oh my God. Jock Jam. Or like I the Tiger comes on <laughs> and you guys are just like doom, doom, packing doom. up. Yes. We were like packing up and um, there was this big ass, you know, those big like moving carts. Oh, yeah. I brought it up. We piled it, like stacked it to the hilt, oh. took it out to the garbage dumpster in the back while my mom was still sleeping. Right. Going as quickly as we could. And this little old man comes out and he's like, watch that. And so, <laughs> and so he like starts sorting through all my mom's. What we thought, you know, another one man's 
trash is another man's treasure and he was treasuring all that stuff <laughs> he just treasured it he just treasured the crap out of it so we're like enjoy sir and we ran up the stairs and my mom was still sleeping so we were able to and then when she got up she had no idea and she didn't, couldn't remember anything that is a funny sense of humor totally yes she wasn't gonna remember what was gone no nope, not at all so it actually worked out perfectly and then the next day uh, my daughter came with a friend and um they only had a couple hours to spare Help me load some stuff. I had rented um, a van because yeah. I was able to get rid of most of my mom's stuff. I sold some stuff on Marketplace. That Marketplace. Yeah. And girl, by it was pouring rain that night. So, okay. Like a lot of rain. A lot of rain in the story. Like a lot of rain in the story. Yeah. I feel it, like it's cleansing. It's, well, they, my daughter and her friend helped me with some stuff and then they had to leave. And I pretty much did everything by myself. I'm talking like, heavy furniture, you know, like all this kind of stuff in the van while it was pouring rain. I drove it to my house. I unloaded everything by myself in the rain, set up my mom's room really beautifully, went back to get my mom who was like bitching the entire time. Um, it was really hard to get her in the van because it was like raised up and she could barely get up there. And I'm like trying to lift her, you know, and being really positive. Mom, you're going to love your room. I'm so excited for you to see it. And I had hung like all her like Chilean knickknacks on the walls and put up family photos and everything, made it super cozy. And I brought her in. She came into the room and she started sobbing. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she was, I'm so happy. Oh, that's great. You know, okay. like a happy sob. Oh, great. And she sat in that cozy little blue chair and I made her a tea and, Aww. um, yeah, and I I did it. I brought her home, and she lived with me for about maybe a year and a half. Year and a half. Um, and during that year and a half, Mary, she um got worse and worse. Mm-hmm. She I had to put baby gates up <laughs> during this oh, time. Wait, actually, is this before was, or after COVID? It was before. It was. It happened before COVID, and then she lived with me through. COVID. So like, you were working I, from home then? I was working from home. Oh, that's a but good this thing. is the funny part because okay. I'd be on Zoom and my mom would shuffle by in a diaper. Like I'm not like in no, the background. No. <laughs> she'd like come out like sh- sh- shuffling and she'd be wearing like a little t-shirt I you laugh and a diaper. Oh my God, it was hilarious. Body. I'm Wait. like, mom, and I'm like signaling like I'm in a meeting, yeah. you know, and then she doesn't give a fuck. Just like a toddler. They don't care. <laughs> She'd come by, she'd like come over, like look at what I'm doing, and she's in her diaper. <laughs> she did and, the opposite of who's that guy on CNN who was um, during a Zoom meeting? I think he was, he didn't think of the, the oh, camera. Oh, the cat guy. The cat guy? Oh, no, he was um, pleasuring himself during a Zoom meeting. Oh. And he got fired from CNN. I can't think yes. of it. So she's the opposite. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's like, Oh, Patty. Well, I started, I started trying to date about a year after everything, you know, ended with my ex. Did she notice that he wasn't there? She kept forgetting. Okay. Well, she, she would forget and I'd have to explain to her again. And then of course she also forgot my dad died too. Oh. So that one I would have to explain to her, which was sad. You know, so every, it was always, it was a whole new day for her. Like 50 first dates. Have you ever seen 100%, that? With- that's what it was like. Okay. I would have to like, yeah. And she would come into the kitchen and like rummage through the cabinet. So I would call her the raccoon because in the middle of the night I'd hear like shuffling and, <laughs> you know, and so I had to put baby gates up because she was like eating things that, you know, she had diabetes. Yeah. She couldn't, she couldn't eat it. Then she started to fall Aww. a lot. And, um, I had, I got her a walker, which she refused to use. And so I would like make it really fun. And I would like zoom around the house showing her 
how fun a walker is. Zoomed around the house and the walker. Oh, yeah. I love you. Yeah. And when I started to date, I had to hire a babysitter to come and stay with her. So she was, it was literally like having a child. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And one time I was on a Zoom date and she mm. came by in her diaper. <laughs> oh so that's, that's a really great way to weed out the assholes. <laughs> like anyone who thinks that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I knew that my current boyfriend was a keeper when he met my mom because he was so sweet, like Aww. so found so much humor in it, you know, like that's your love language. Totally. That is your love he language. Found, he found it hilarious, but supported me Absolutely, and, yeah. you know, like didn't like freak out at the fact that like she would drop poop while she's walking, <laughs> you know, like he like found humor in it Aww. and I could share all those things with him. And I felt. Like a partner. For once, like not alone oh, that's in the great. situation. That makes me so happy, Patty. You deserve that so much. I mean, you really do. Thank you. Well, yeah. Every, I mean, I just know how much you've given of yourself probably the last seven years, you know? Yeah. And it's exhausting. It is exhausting. Like I said, she lived with me a year and a half and it just got worse and worse and worse to the point where even the caregiver that I had that would come in occasionally was said, I can't do this. Oh, really? Anymore okay. because she's falling. It's dangerous. Yeah. My mom um, completely would forget. I would give her, her a meal and then I would take it away. And then she would say, Body, when am I going to eat? And she had just eaten. Oh, wow. So she didn't even remember eating. eating. Okay. She, um, I will tell you one funny thing. She was still using her phone at the time, but she didn't know really how to use it anymore. And if you remember, I told you she had this knack for finding buttons yes. and features and things that, <laughs> no, like, not even like, the head of Apple could figure out, <laughs> like, how did she do these things? No help desk in the world could solve the problems she created on with technology. <laughs> what did <laughs> she find? She no. So she was, she, <laughs> I was going through her phone, and there was a picture oh, that no. she had taken of herself by accident while she was sitting on the toilet, and it was of her pants around her ankles. <laughs> <laughs> And it was on WhatsApp. <laughs> and she sent it. Who oh, she sent it to? She sent it. She, no, actually, she put it on a the story, like whatever. You know how you can like do stories on WhatsApp? Oh, I didn't know that. No. Yes. She like put it out there. Fortunately, she has no followers. <laughs> but... My ex did see it and he like texted me. And he, I mean, he like, what's, he sent me a WhatsApp message and he's like, buddy, your mom's sending pictures. Like you need to look at what she's doing. Come on, man. And it was like, I looked at it and it was literally her pants were around her ankles. And it was like, like she's sexting somebody. Totally. <laughs> so it was like, it was stuff like that that kept me going because it was hilarious Aww. and she could still be really I, I really want to say this. I appreciate how you find, I mean, this is all my heart because you find humor in so much. And I just, I know your mom is smiling down at us, laughing too, but like, that's some funny shit. It that was is some funny shit. <laughs> and a lot of shit. Let and me a lot tell of you. shit. A lot of shit was happening at my house. That she took a selfie of her underwear while she's on <laughs> the I, toilet. I, How I, does that happen? And then sends it, it on what's. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it so much. It, but she like who like how she doesn't know how to do any of these things. Maybe she's just like a genius. I don't know. Girl, okay, she no. was just she was just amazing, and you know she like I said she lived with me about a year and a half, and it got to the point where it was very very bad. She was hospitalized, Aww. and the doctor said this woman 
cannot be living. She needs to be in a 24-7 supervised situation. And I said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I have to work. Yeah, and I don't absolutely. have money to put her anywhere. And I began looking for places. Yeah. And I was able to to find a place. Um, it was through the, a Met- Medicaid for my mom. And it actually was a nice place. That's great. And, you know, about 20 minutes from my house. Okay. And um, the sad thing was, is I knew that if she came home from the hospital, yeah. putting her in this place would be impossible yeah. um, because she was extremely stubborn still, you know? And so they transported her from the hospital to this place. Oh, so you had to make that decision? I had to make that decision. And Mary, I still beat myself up about it. I feel like such a horrible daughter for doing that to her because she would, it was, it was actually during COVID and I couldn't go see her at this place. So she, I would just tell her mom, they, it's just another part of the hospitalization stay. Oh, hey. You know, like you're too sick to come home. And she would call me, when am I coming home, buddy? Oh. And, you know, I miss, I miss Tata. That was my dad. Yeah. And uh, is Tata going to come pick me up? Oh, you know, gosh. and so she would call me and asking when my dad was going to come get her. And it, it just, her dementia just like skyrocketed. And I'm sure part of it was the trauma for her. And she would call me, you know, millions of times a day and beg me to come home. It was the most horrible. I'm so sorry thing. you made that decision. And they're like, she cannot be home unless there's a 20 round the clock care, like a nurse, because she also had like medical problems. Yeah, absolutely. And so Howard would go with me and we would go do window visits. And, okay. you know, she was really cute. She would still like you know, at that time, yeah. you know, communicate and like have a good sense of humor and, but still always ask when she was going to come home. And I couldn't tell her she was never coming back. I, I just want to say, I mean, I would not beat yourself up because that, that's such an impossible situation too. It's not that you didn't want her to come home, but she was like, there was no way she could come home. Yeah. I mean, that's what Howard always tells me. And I know it doesn't get like, emotional like, thinking well, about it, but understandably. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, you made a, I, I always look at it like safety, right? Like That's what Howard said. Like He's like, safety. she will, she will. She will be surrounded by people 24 hours a day. She will be in the care that she needs. That's another thing too. I, and I will remind you of that. Like your love was enough, but it's like, like you didn't have the medical care you could give her. I could, that's exactly what, Do you know it what was. I mean. And yeah, I know no. that doesn't lessen the pain because it is painful. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, I just felt like I failed her because she trusted me, you know, it's just like, I felt like I was doing it to this little girl, you know, like that she didn't know better and I couldn't explain to her why. And it was really hard. And so the the whole COVID thing, and then of course her dementia just accelerated and accelerated. And I said, is it because I put her here or is it just the disease? And they said this, it's the disease, you know, I mean, of course she's um, distressed and, But a lot of these patients are, you know, when they come in here. And so it just made me feel so sad for those people. When I could finally start going to visit her, you know, I would go and I'd bring her stuffed animals. and that's so sweet. You know, like activities, but she no longer could even do activities. Did she know who you were? She never forgot who I was. She never, never forgot who I was. She forgot everything. She forgot if she ate. She forgot like if people died, you know, yeah. um, but she never forgot who I was. She always remembered me. Um, she even started to kind of forget who my daughter was. She okay. would okay. sometimes call her me or someone else, like a niece of hers. But me, it was always, hi, body. 
So I don't, I meant to ask you this. Did she realize that you got a divorce? Uh, no, I had to keep, <laughs> I had to keep reminding her. So when I, she first met, you know, my boyfriend, she was a little confused. <laughs> like, oh, you don't look, okay. Something's different. But she really liked him. She called him amoroso, which means like adorable, sweet, you know. Um, but yeah, I had to keep reminding her where he was. And when she was dying, um, you know, that's like a that day I was fortunate to be able to be with her. Were you? Okay, yeah, that's so I was great. with her the whole time. And did you know it was like close? Um, she has really declined a lot in the last few months. She had been losing weight. Okay. Um, yeah. she'd been sleeping a lot. Um, but I wasn't expecting it the day that it happened. They, the whole day with her, but by the time we got there, she was unconscious. So she didn't really know what was going on. I was able to get um, our family in South America. We also have family like in Europe. Yeah. Everyone was on WhatsApp, like okay. by her bedside. Oh, that's great. Um, like some of them spent hours on WhatsApp with her, just singing to her and talking oh. to her. And the the my mom was Catholic. Okay. And I wanted her to have her. Oh, the last rites? Yes. But the place, the place, their their uh, the the hospice thingy, their priest was um, on vacation, and I guess they even priests go on vacation. They I guess they didn't have a backup priest. <laughs> so I'm Mary, as you know, I'm not very religious, right? But right. my mom was Catholic, and yep. I really wanted to. But my mom wasn't very religious. She was just Catholic. She loved it's like Je- culturally. She loved catches. Jesus. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Aww. She loved Jesus. Like she had a big Jesus cross in her room. You know. So they're like, we have, um, oh no, what was it? <laughs> they like looked through their book of, you know, like, oh, I thought you were going to say they wheeled in a cardboard Jesus. <laughs> no. and, and they just, it would have been amazing. And they were like, your priest is here and your he's priest. the original priest is here. And somehow he looks like Justin Timberlake. <laughs> like, Don't be surprised. He's got this, he's got this party trick where he turns water into wine. Don't fall for it. Oh my God. No. That's that's what I was picturing. Like they're wheeling him in. Okay, oh, yeah. but it was they went through a phone book. No, I was just saying it's like they had like a little catalog of like of like backup priests. What do you call not just priests, but what are the other ones called? Like reverends, reverends um, pastors, okay. like deacons. 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 Like they had a whole Deacons can be married, priests cannot. Right. But I feel like they had like a catalog of whatever those the available ones. And the they're list. like, so we don't have a priest, but we have a, oh my God. Oh, there's chaplains. There's like a chaplain. No, this wasn't even a Catholic guy. He was oh. like, um, so could it have been Reverend. I think it was a, I think they were, pro, it was a Protestant. Just a minister. Dude. Yeah. Well, so not- they're like, will that work? I'm like, you know what? She's dying. Like, she doesn't know. And it, he'll talk about Jesus. Bring him on. <laughs> So they sent, so they gave me his number and we texted, I texted with this guy and he's like, he was actually out here. He's like, I'm in St. Charles right now. Um, I'll get over there as quickly as I can. And so the guy raced over to us and Howard went to go meet him out in the lobby to bring him out into my mom. And he was this, he totally looked like the guy, did you ever watch Breaking Bad? I didn't. Okay. Well, Hank, for anyone who knows, he was like the rough and tough, like cop. Okay, he looked like this rough and tough cop dude. He came in, sweetest man, told us it was his very first day doing this. Oh, wow. And that he had worked in the prisons for years. But he sat by my mom's thing oh. and he literally like scrolled through, like he, I think he Googled how to be a Catholic priest. That's amazing. And Catholic. he like pulled out like a Catholic pamphlet. Like he didn't really know, That's but really, he did the rites That's for beautiful. my mom. That's really beautiful. It was very sweet. And he had tears Actually, in I would his say eyes. That, that's very fitting <laughs> because it's it just like, totally. it was like because it's funny and it's just hilarious. fitting because God has a funny sense of humor. And I think God was like, Patty needs to laugh today. 
It was amazing, Mary. So he did the rites and, you know, it was beautiful. And he left and my mom passed away a couple, you know, a few hours after that. So she waited for that almost. Well, yeah, I don't know. She, well, I'll tell you what she waited for is the whole day my daughter was there. Howard was with me. I was there. We had all the WhatsApp people with us surrounding us um, and all the phone calls, everything. And then it was probably around 11 o'clock. My daughter had left because we had a dog at home. Right. And she said goodbye, you know, to my mom. And I was getting a headache from being starving. And so oh, Howard sure. went to go down the street to Wendy's to get me something. Five minutes after he left, she died. And oh. it was just my mom and me yeah. in the room. And when I told my cousin about it, she said it was always just your mom and you. And that's why at the end, it was just your mom and you. Because you were the one who oh, took I know. care of her oh, the whole God. time. And she knew it. That's really beautiful. So it was just us. Yeah. So I feel like that's such, um, <laughs> life is just so funny like that. Yeah. You know, because it was weird. Because you guys moved to Chicago together. It was just you with them. Yeah. And your, your previous husband. But then when your dad passed, you stepped in. Yeah. Like it was always, it was always you and her. I was her, like I said, if she got lost, she would call me. Where am I? And so I feel like that's what, how it was to the end. She was like, where am I? And I'm like, you're right here. I mean, I'm, I'm here with you. Did you feel her pass? I was standing at the foot of her bed and, you know, she was doing that breathing thing where yeah. it gets like slower. Yep. And all of a sudden it was just so interesting because my dad was very dramatic in his death that he just fought it. And he was very vocal and he was like, speaking in Italian and it was just, oh, wow. it was almost like this drama, you know, this play. And he just kind of was resisting it to the end. And his was very like colorful. My mom was just quiet the whole day, just very peaceful. Mm. And that was my mom. Did she ever look in the corner or anything? Did she No, see- cause when I got there, she, my dad was like that. But okay. when I got there with my mom, she had, she was already unconscious. She had the whole, you know, mouth open thing. Yeah. And, okay. So it was just like her body holding Yeah. On. But I would, you know, I was giving her like the little sponge on her lips. And my um, former sister-in-law was on WhatsApp and playing Ave Maria for my mom. And my mom did have a tear oh come out of her <laughs> eyes. And yeah, so it was a peaceful day. And I just thought my mom, you know, suffered so much and had a lot of loss in her life. And the last, you know, so, so much loss of her dignity over the last many, several years of her life and the, you know, leaving her home, losing all her things, you know, being in this place, uh, losing her mind is just horrible. And I just felt that she was finally free, you know, has she um, given you a sign? You know, no, I wish she had. I wish she has. Um, like, I, do you dream about her? I'm open to it. How long ago was it now? It was a year ago. So just a year and a couple months. She died in July. That's right. Okay. So 2022. So yeah. She's going to give you a sign. I'm waiting for it. Like, well, wait, I know, say, I miss... say, say, say how she says your name again. I body. <laughs> you, I, feel Hi, like, body. I feel like something's going to happen or you're going to be, it's something to do with that. And you're just going to be like, oh my God. No, I, I miss her sense of humor so much. And one thing I miss is... Her sarcasm? You miss her sarcasm? <laughs> I don't know that comedian, Mary. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know that comedian. But I remember, you know, when I used to do gigs a lot, I would drive home one, two in the morning, and I would call my mom. 
And she was sleeping. She would always answer the phone. Always. And talk to me all the way home. And I miss that. I just miss that one person. Like, who, no matter what, like, just adores the shit out of you, you know, unconditionally. So, yeah. I know. I know she misses you, too. I have a feeling she's around you all the time. You know? I hope so. Oh, she is. She's an angel. With your dad. And anybody else that you love that has passed on? Well, I will say they're, they are with me because I cremated my mom. We cremated my dad. My mom cremated her three dogs and her guinea pig. I have all those ashes in my house. <laughs> That's amazing. I have six boxes of ashes <laughs> in my house. Please don't Facebook Marketplace that. Because <laughs> I, I was like, I, told- I, know there, I know there's like a, everyone's got a thing. But maybe, you know, <laughs> probably was someone like that. You never know. But I want to take all the ashes to Oregon because my parents loved the oh, Oregon coast so much. Yes. And the dogs would run on the beach and stuff. I want to take them all there. But I'm thinking, like, how do you transport six boxes of ashes? Do I, think, I put them in a suitcase? I think if you would you drive. I mean, I feel like that's I was thinking about flying. I would, I, if you if you have the patience to drive, I think that might be a cool drive. Yeah, I love road trips. You know, I feel like yeah. Howard and you can make a road trip out of it with Sophia. Go to the beach. Yeah. Of course, my fear is releasing the ashes and then like choking on them. Because <laughs> oh that would happen. That would. Well, can you um, can you release them through like a funnel or just maybe look, Google it? Can you Google it? Do you think it? they sell it on Amazon? I bet like, you if you Google it, like, how to release ashes without, without choking. Without eating them. Yeah, without eating them. <laughs> oh, I guarantee it's going to be the first thing that pops up. Hey, I'm trademarking that right, right now, now, just in case. <laughs> I love that. I think, I I hope you get to do that. Thank you, Mary. So in the last year, first mm-hmm. of all, I want to thank you for sharing that. Oh. I don't mean to laugh so much. It's oh just, my God, I love you so do. much. Please and do. I just... I think that's our relationship. Yes. That's where we connect. So it's not that I'm trying to be irreverent, although that was going to be the name of our podcast, <laughs> like something about irreverence. But I mean, I just want to thank you, Patty. Like, I, I want to think of the best words to say this because um, I could sit here and say how strong and how amazing you are, but I almost feel that, you know, what you went through was such a different level of strength and... um I don't know. I always feel like in life we go through things and we have no idea why, right? We have no idea why it's put in front of our path. Like life lessons or whatever you want to call them, patterns or I don't know, but I'm just, um, you're one of the, you're always one of the strongest people I've met, but I, I, I think people, I would hope they know too. You're one of the most like sensitive people too. You know, Mm. you take things very, like you take things to heart. I do. You know, I think it's, I think it's really beautiful that like you, you took care of your parents so much. In, like, a really beautiful way, not in, like, an obligatory way. Yeah. You know, you loved them. What was your dad's name again? Attilio. Gosh, what a great name. <laughs> and he was speaking in Italian when he was passing. When he was dying, he, like, totally tapped into the Italian. And he, he spoke Italian, but he never spoke it, you know, like, uh, at home or anything. But the hospice nurse said that when people are dying, they tap into these chambers of their brain. That stuff's been locked away forever. And he was like talking about like the the plague. He was like, oh. la plaga, la plaga, so like while like, he was dying. It was kind of, it was, was a show. He was very dramatic I in life. If, okay, so when you do write your memoir or you do yeah. pitch a pilot, it has to be like in the style of a telenovela. Yes. Because everything's been so dramatic and like, <laughs> like so telenovela. Like your it. dad, your mom, like the packing situation, the whole like sexting her underwear on WhatsApp. And then when you said that at the end about the WhatsApp, I'm like, 
oh my God, did anybody get those WhatsApps except for your ex? Like, did any of her cousins see it? But they didn't. I mean, if they did, no one said anything, okay. you know, so. A year later, they're like, I need to right. tell you. Um, oh, thank you. Patty, thank you for sharing. How are you feeling? I'm good. I mean, it's been I, a year now. Yeah, it's been a year. I, I loved the opportunity to tell this story. You Have know, you ever like just, told that story like that before? Um, Not in one sitting. I mean, a lot of people know. You're a great storyteller. Oh, thank I you. I hope, you know. I think you should, I'm just putting this out there. I think you'd be, I think this would be great on a stage. Oh, like a little um, one woman show or something. Yeah. Mm. Like kind of like the vagina monologues. Yeah. Um, but not the vagina monologues. Yeah. Um, maybe you can call it. We'll, we can workshop we'll, some names. We'll workshop You'll it. We'll workshop some names. But yeah. um, I mean, how are you feeling? So it's been a year and a couple months. It's been a year. You're still I, going strong with Howard. Yes. Stronger than ever. And I definitely have moments, as I mentioned to you while we're talking about it, that I feel some deep grief and guilt over the fact that my mom died in a nursing home and that I had to put her there in the first place, that I kind of tricked her, you know, like straight from the hospital. But, um, you know, I just, I, I have to trust that I had no choice. And that, that's why I did that. You know, it wasn't to my mom. It was for my mom. I would, yeah. Absolutely. And you, you did it for, I don't, anything, all the things that you shared have all truly been driven by love. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it doesn't always mean it's, I think people have this misconception that if it's driven by love, it's easy, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be flowery or, but it's not. It's very, love is hard. Yeah. You make a lot of hard decisions. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Not that I could take away your guilt. I just want to say, I think you did an incredible job. Oh, I do. You know what I mean? And like, I know. I just, that's, that's hard, you know? Cause you're like, what could I have done this or could I, but. Right. Um, I know my mom struggles with that because my dad, she thinks he died because he went into hospice. But Same. I think, but. I think we tell ourselves. Well, yeah, I think it's just hard sometimes to accept the course of things, yeah. you know, that the bad things happen, you know, bad things and we think, happen. had we not done this or had we done this, then this wouldn't have happened. But you know what? Things just happen sometimes. You probably, I, and I like to think of it too, that like we are, um, I think I said this in the first episode, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm-hmm. So she's at her natural state now. Yeah. You know, she really is. Yeah, the one thing I have to gives me comfort is my mom was a very spiritual person. Exactly. You know, I don't think she was so much afraid to die. Um, oh, really? You don't think so? No, I. I mean, I think she had a lot of uh, suffering, especially in the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, and being not home and not with me. You know, not with her husband, being scared and confused. Yeah. You know, losing your mind, all that stuff. But I don't think she was scared to die. Um, and so that I think that's why she kind of was very peaceful. When she was dying. Like her day was peaceful. Yeah, there was no, it's almost like, okay, here I am. So I'm really hoping, okay, here's a couple of ways I really hope your mom gives you a sign. Ready? Yeah. One, I hope you see that priest or the pastor. Whoever he was. Just like, I hope you're at like Whole Foods and you just see him at the salad bar. (laughs) (laughs) Or you just like are watching the news one night. Right. (laughs) And you see him and you're like, oh, thanks, mom. Thank you. Thank you. Or I hope you're. You're somewhere and someone wheels a cardboard cut out of Jesus. Oh my gosh. And then you're like, thanks, mom. Oh my God. That would be amazing. So those are my those are the ways I'm putting out there that okay. your mother show you that she is doing fantastic. I love it. You know? Yeah. That, that, um, but how's like how everything else going though? Like are you still in the house? Yep, still in the house. My mom's room is now be- became an office. Okay. Now it's just back to being a guest room again. I still have all of her things. Um, I put on her clothes sometimes. Um, mm. 
Did you she's, put on those pants, the dress, the dress no, pants? No, <laughs> I think we got rid of them because okay. they were like a little messed up. But I was really happy because I know that sounds crazy, but I love the idea that someone oh, absolutely. got her things. Like when I had to replace a lot of furniture and I went on Facebook Marketplace, um, you know, after my ex took things. Um, whatever. Laughing, I'm sorry, I'm no, a lot. He just like, he just, took, you know, when he took, took everything. Um, no, but Mary, what was funny is what every time I would buy something, I would ask the people like about it. And for example, the one chair that I got for my mom's room this, yeah. th- that she lived in for a year and a half, um, it was this man's favorite chair, but he ended up um, developing um, MS oh. and he couldn't sit it any in it anymore because he couldn't get up on his own. So they had to get him one of those like, me- you know, like yeah, mechanical the, chairs yep, or whatever. Yep. Um, and so I left with that chair knowing that it had been loved and I love that, you know, and so I hope that that man no, I think so. You know. I really do. I, I love like upcycling. I love the idea that there's mm-hmm. character behind something, you know, something's been loved, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I love to think of it. That's another sign I hope happens. I hope you randomly see this guy with something of your mom's. <laughs> the dumpster angel. He's the one wearing, oh yeah, you're right. He's, he's wearing the pants. <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, hey mom. Thank you. Aww. Oh, oh, I love, thank, thank you for sharing the story. I mean, I do have a couple questions to ask. Okay. So are you ready for these questions? I'm so ready. Okay. So, all right. The first question is, what has your story taught you about yourself and about life? Mm. Because and I want to I wanna circle back to what you said in the beginning is that a lot of stories we talk about, you know, um, shape us like when we're 12, but this happened right. when we were 50. Yes. So um, somehow you went back in time. So you're only 35 now. So at the, <laughs> at the age of 35, well, you look like you're 35. Oh, thanks, it is. It's that, it's that beautiful, like Chilean, Argentinian. And I just want to say I'm really impressed because usually I can never pronounce anything. So I'm really grateful that on this podcast tonight, either your mom is with me or someone Ooh, is like helping me pronounce. I know. Look at you. I'm the worst, Patty. No, you're so not the worst. You're <laughs> actually the best. So to your question, um, yes, it did happen later, much, much later in life. Um, one thing that I have been, it's not my, my strength is patience. Um, oh, I'm not a very patient person. Um, and I have had to develop so much patience. Okay. I just had to dig deep and have patience with my mom because there were so many times where I was just so frustrated or so angry. And I just really had to like dig deep to get that patience because it wasn't her fault, you know? No, and I also had to have patience for the situation. And the other thing that I learned is when my marriage was falling apart and um, you know, as this was happening at the same time, it just was like two horrible things happening at once, two major it's losses. Like, I'm like picturing you splitting in half almost. You but, know? but it was just like these two major losses side by side, the loss of my mother, even though she was still here, she, I was, she was, I was losing her Yeah. and the loss of a 30 year relationship. And I didn't think that I could survive something like that. And I did. Not only did I survive, I found humor in it. I, realized how strong I was. I figured things out on my own. You know, I just was really resourceful. I have to tell you one of my favorite stories. I remember when you were going through this and you told me about like uh, a a headlight went on in your car and you like just YouTube the shit out of it. Mm -hmm. And you were like, I am figuring this out. Yeah. That inspired me. I mean that because I think like kind of to talk about like what your mom said, like she had never Changed, got her oil changed. Yes, you know what I mean? Right. But you were like, no, like I'm gonna figure this out. I did, Mary. I bought my own electric uh, power drill, right. which is so hot. Let me just, I was just tell gonna you. Say that. 
like I started using it and I was just like walking around the house like what can I drill even though almost, nothing needed drilling, I just wanted to drill things. I, I almost wish, I, I secretly hope somewhere in the ether, your mom got a picture of you drilling, put it on WhatsApp. And, and it's like that you're a meme somewhere. I'm drilling with my pants around my ankles though. I really hope that's happening. Like but, no one needs to know that. that and because but. our phones listen to us, it's going to pop up now tonight in our feed. No. So I learned that I could do things that I didn't you think did. that you I could. Yeah. I can. Oh my do, gosh. Do you know Glennon Doyle? Yes, I do. You can do hard things. Do hard things. Oh, I yes. Her. I hope. Glennon, if you're listening, please come on my podcast. <laughs> you and Abby. Yes. I love Glennon and Abby. Yes. So yeah, that's pretty much what I okay. learned. Patience, um, resilience, and just a belief in, you know, myself. So um, I think that's important for everyone to hear, but especially for women. Yeah, Especially definitely. For women. And you know, when I had to learn to fix things myself, like my, the house, the car and all that stuff, I also had to learn those things because I was taking on my mom who yep. was a toddler, you know, so I had to take care of her in that way. You know, you know what so, you didn't forget? What? The insurance. <laughs> oh. You did not forget the insurance. I didn't forget the insurance. Um, okay. The second question is, is how does your story inspire you to show up in this world? More kindly. <laughs> Oh, for sure. I, I can imagine. Know, I got a little edge to me, Mary. You think you know that? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. And you so, and your power drill. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I can just be a little. What's mm, the word I'm looking for? So, when I, okay, so when you say edge, I think what I'm hearing or like what I'm feeling is, um, I hope this is the right word. Um, a wall, a little bit of yes, a wall. Yes. Okay. I can have a wall up. I can have uh, my defenses up. Defenses, yeah. And, there is so much humility that's required when you're caring for someone who poops their pants and they're 70 years old and you yeah. have to like, you know, wipe them and wash them yeah. and bathe them while they're cussing at you. And, you know, so it's like, I, I learned I just more, just to be more kind and also more vulnerability, you know, yeah. because one day I was bathing my mom and she was crying, sitting in her shower chair, crying. Cause I mean, when you have dementia, you have these weird emotional outbursts. Right, and right. She was just sobbing and sobbing and she had pooped all over herself. Aww. And here is my, you know, my mom, I think was 78 by this time. Um, 78. Yeah. And she was crying and crying and crying and I'm like cleaning her. I'm like, she's completely naked. And I'm just thinking like how humiliating this must be for her. For her, yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah. So the fact that I, it was like an honor in a way to be able to be the one <sighs> that's cleaning her yeah. poop off of her almost 80-year-old body yeah. while she's crying. And so that's how I show up is remembering that for the other person, there's always something going on. Oh my gosh, Patty. Like I could even, I hope this doesn't sound weird because I've known you now for a long time, but I've even seen in the last probably like, well, I mean, I think it coincides with you meeting Howard. Um, but in the last year, I've just seen like a, like a softness, you mm. know, um, like a piece, definitely mm -hmm. a piece. Um, and I don't want to dis, um, discount like how awful those years were with your ex-husband and the amount of strife you were going through. I remember mm -hmm. texting you one time I was on the train and I just, because I was thinking about you because, and it's not, we're not like uh, the type of friends we text every day. You know what I mean? Right, but I right. really was thinking about you because I, I genuinely, it's so hard when you're going through those things and you need the support, but you don't know how to have the support Yeah. or you don't know how, you know what I mean? But now I'm hearing that you've got this vulnerability that if you needed the support, please know I'm here. 
Oh, I appreciate that. It is very hard for me to ask for help. I still sometimes struggle with that. It's an Aries thing. Yeah, right? We're so proud. We're very proud. We can do it. You know, and I remember, Mary, one beautiful memory that I have from when I was taking care of my mother. um, And it was like during COVID-y times. And she just kept pooping all the time. It just like never (laughs) ended. What's that book? Everybody poops. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody poops sometimes. No, but it was a day. It was a bad day. And it was that it was during COVID when remember where people were like snatching up like toilet paper and bleach. Oh yeah. Like right in the beginning. Yeah. It was terrifying. And a friend of mine had checked in with me. Um, and I told her, you know, I was like, it was right in the middle of a poop explosion. And I just like didn't have nothing. And I was telling her about it. And 30 minutes later, my door, doorbell rings and I go open the door and there's a bag of bleach, oh. toilet paper, you know, cleaning supplies, all this stuff. And my friend um, was out in the street because it was like during COVID yeah, and she just yeah. like waved at me and got in her car and That's I love. just lost it. I started crying. People because, show up. Yeah. So see what I mean? It's like that, that all those things happening to me made me realize that I can reach out and people want to help, you know, people do want to help. I mean, Patty, like I, I hope you give yourself grace and I hope you give yourself credit. Like, I hope you can take a step back from who you are and just say like, thank you. I want to say it in your mom's accent, but I don't. So please say it like, thank you, Patty. Oh, thank you, Patty. <laughs> for like, for like giving, um, for honestly honoring yourself too. Cause you could have gone 12 different ways. You could have gone on a road of like anger and bitter. And that's okay. Like if you did, that would have been okay. But mm-hmm. You didn't, you know, something broke inside of you. And you, you, it's almost like you, these things broke. It was raining all the time during these stories, during their telenovela. It's raining. People are speaking in Italian, like things are happening, but that almost washed away like the old part of your life. So, so that, you know, you brought in this new love and this new kindness and this new person. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, that's what opened me up for that, I guess, you know? I mean, that's, I mean, you should give yourself credit too. I want to say that like, because- you did the hard work. Oh, I feel like I'm Glennon Doyle now. Oh my God. No, Mary, I can't get over this whole rain thing now though. You're right. Rain on the this day. This cleansing. Yeah. When rain, he left. Yes. When he left and rain when I brought my mother home. Yeah. How crazy is that? Have you ever thought about I love that? that? No, I mean, I'm, you know, I love that idea though. I, I would be curious to see in, I don't know if you'd want to look this up in like your mom's culture, what rain mm. represents in Chilean. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I mean, I don't, in Italian, what does it mean? Yeah. I love that. We'll have to look it up for the next episode because there will be a next episode. Oh you, my God. You're going to talk about all the signs you got from your mom. <laughs> we'll just call the next episode the fancy fans. I'll just, I'll just keep getting like WhatsApp <laughs> stories. <gasps> if you like- do, oh my gosh. If you get a WhatsApp from her, that would be hilarious. Well, I will tell you one more quick little story. Oh, I love it. No, we got the, all the time the in the world. Night, Howard and I were um, at a bar. We had just seen a movie. So we were sitting there talking what about movie the movie. What movie did you see? Uh, God, what movie was it? Was that the music box? I, can't I love the music. I know, I love you it. guys love the music box. Oh yeah, I love the music. Love, no, no, we love. <laughs> no, okay, the music you love. Box. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I think if we had gone to see, I can't remember what when it was, but we did like a little double. We kind of like go into the other one because mm-hmm, it like mm-hmm, ended. Mm-hmm. It was um, Night of the Living Dead. Oh cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and before that, I can't remember what it was. But anyway, we were sitting in the bar like talking about it and just having some drinks, and we started talking about my mom and oh. This is, okay, wait, sorry. I got two signs. No, you got, did get two signs. I, in, well, yes. Oh Woo! my gosh. Okay, let me just tell you this real I quick. I love this. So we were in the bar talking about my mom and just getting really deep in memories about my mom and stuff. And I was getting kind of nostalgic. Oh, and all yeah. of a sudden my, my purse, we were at this table. My purse was all the way like at the other side of the table. All of a sudden I heard a noise coming from my purse. 
And I'm like, what well, is weird? So I like open my purse and I see light, light coming out of my purse. It's my phone. I take my phone out and it said calling mom. No way. Yes. Ooh, okay. I, chills. I, I never said number one. Okay. So you know how like you can say, hey, Siri, call. I never said anything like that. No. I never even said call. No. We were just talking. I, you know, so that was one. The other was um, the other night and it wasn't the same night, but it, we were at the music box again and I was in the restroom when my mom passed away, um, she had a guinea pig. Um, well, actually, before she passed away, when she went into the nursing home. And I kept that guinea pig for a long time, but I couldn't really care for it because he was used to sitting on my mom's shoulder. Like, I would come into her room and she'd be in a diaper with a guinea pig on her shoulder. Like, I mean, what a visual, right? She'd be sitting there in her chair with a guinea pig on her shoulder. What's the guinea man's in name? In a diaper. She named it after my dad. And... <laughs> So my dad's nickname was Tilo. So yeah, she named after my dad. So Tilo was with me for quite a while after my mom went in, but I couldn't really care for him anymore. So on Facebook Marketplace, I... (laughs) Did you really? No, no, it was actually... I think it was like the Skokie Parent Group or whatever. But anyway, I just explained the story. I was like really open about it. Like my mom's, you know, in a a facility. She loved him so much. I got to find the right... um, the right person, family. So this woman reached out to me. They came to meet me. I was totally like hardcore, making sure he was going to the right home. They took him and she would, um, for the first like month, she would send me pictures and she had two little kids and they loved that guinea pig. Like they'd play with them outside. And I'm like, he totally went to the best home ever. So fast forward, you know, what, uh, two and a half, three years later or whatever, getting out of the movie I got this message from this woman. I haven't heard from her in three years. And she said, I just wanted to tell you that Dilo passed away peacefully um, last night. He brought so much joy to our lives. I'm so grateful, you know, to you. I just want you to know how, you know, we cared for him so much. And I'm so grateful that, you know, he was in our home and I was in the bathroom at the music box and I started sobbing. Well, that's a sign. Like sobbing. Oh, and I came out I'm and Howard was waiting for me and he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like crying and I cried all the way home. I just kept crying and crying. It was just like this release. Yes. And I was like, these people are so amazing. Like they didn't have to tell me this. They didn't have to reach out. Like how does even she remember who I am? And I'm just like crying and crying. And I just, I told her, I said, thank you so much. He, my mother loved, oh no, she said it was so obvious how much your mother loved him. And I just cried for like the whole night thinking about that. So that was a beautiful. So you've had signs. I think that was a sign. Oh, those were definitely. Why is it always at the music box? (laughs) Uh, So then what's going to happen next then? So the music box, you're going to see the minister, (laughs) the, the dumpster guy. And then you're also going to see a cardboard cut out of Jesus. And when you do, I'm going to need you to text me. As if though you even need to ask. (laughs) Episode two. Um, Yes. Patty, I want to thank you so much. Like this has genuinely been a pleasure. See, this is our kickoff for our side hustle when we do our our podcast. Um, But I really appreciate you sharing your story. Like, are you you. feeling how you feeling? I do. I feel good. Thank you for letting me share it. Was it good like to share it? Yeah. I'm surprised I got emotional. I didn't think I would, but I really. Well, grief is funny. Tricky bitch. She's a tricky bitch. She's a tricky bitch. That dementia. dementia. That's her name. We'll just call her dementia. (laughs) Mencha for short. Um, um, I just want to say to everybody, thank you for listening today. And I really hope that Patty's story really helped you feel supported, seen, and heard. I also hope it gave you a little bit of laugh, laughter. Um, If you have a story to share, please submit it to I'm so glad you asked 
podcast at gmail.com, though no one has yet, but I really do hope someone does. Um, and please follow us if you're on Instagram at I'm so glad you asked podcast. I'm so glad you asked is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. This episode of I'm So Glad You Asked was edited by Josh Finfrock. There's a light. There's a